Welcome to episode 232 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello! And Matt Cassell. Hello! It is Monday night, March 19th, and tonight we are bringing you all kinds of comic book heat. We're going to talk Avengers Infinity War Trailer 2. We're going to talk Ava DuVernay making a new Gods movie. We're going to talk the new Marvel Spider-Man creative team. And if we have time at the end, a little witch have been reading. We are not fucking around tonight. We are getting right down to business. Housekeeping with you and sharply go. McSauce.com. We have comic strips, reviews, podcasts. If you want to join us on our comic adventure, be a fan. Hang out with us on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com. Type in MCSOSS. And you'll bring up our fan page. If you go to Instagram or Twitter and type in the exact same thing, you'll find all of our social medias. You can check out all of our artwork and some of our silly behind-the-scenes pictures on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, hang out with us there. Give us some feedback on the show. We would really, really appreciate it. Let's jump into it. Let's do it. When did the first Infinity War trailer release? <sighs> was it six months ago? Regardless of when it was released, I wasn't I wasn't impressed. Matt, is something funny? Are we not recording? We're recording, yeah. Are we all I recording? I can't get it out of my head. The list when you said <laughs> Infinity War first released, I, first I heard released. in my head first released. It was September. It was back in September. September 6th. So Can we just please? Uh, let's it's address make the, any sense. the list. Please give give some context. There to the list. is, I guess it's a series of Lexus commercials Lexi? that are that are currently running, and the female British voiceover has a lisp, and it's unfortunate because it's for Lexith, and in the S theory, the the S theory, the XS and the SX and the SX seven. Why would they not pick someone? That didn't have a lisp. <laughs> Why? Like, That's your I, one I couldn't, task. We, the, we, we saw the commercial before we started recording. You guys were like, oh my God, that's terrible. Why did she have that lisp? Like, why didn't they do anything about that? And now I'm, I'm, it's in my head. I'm like, am I doing it? It's, am I, am I making that noise? Trying to avoid saying that curvy letter. <laughs> it's a, a kid. <laughs> It's contagious. Curvy <laughs> letter. So we we re rewound TV because I was like, "There's there's no way." There's uh, like I'm very sensitive to lisps and accents and weird mouth movements. Like if your lips or teeth move weird or something when you talk. <laughs> like um, I think her name's Denise Huth, one of the executive producers on The Walking Dead. She's always on behind the scenes clips. She's always on Talking Dead. It looks like her mouth is constantly struggling to keep her bottom teeth in her head. Like it's it's so hard to watch her talk, but so sexy at the same time. She's very toothy. So like I pick up on this stuff so easily, and you guys were like, "Oh, what a terrible list, terrible list." I said, "No way." And we watched it again, and oh my god, why? Why would they like? I can't believe marketing and the powers that be at Lexith. We're like, yeah, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> like nobody. Maybe the CEO there. of Lexus has a horrible lift. 
And he was like, this is, embodies my brand. This, no, he doesn't even know. He, he's like, this sounds perfectly normal. Uh, I'm watching Denise Hooth, and she's got a lot of chin jaw action going on. Can, can you so see a lot of movement? Yeah, There's a lot like, of movement. Like, it, it's not the, t- it's the jaw. Her jaw is going. It's like, the lips, it's the teeth, it's everything from the nose down. It seems like there's just too much of everything. Yeah, so I'm she sure this is... She doesn't sound weird. She doesn't yeah. have a lisp. She sounds yeah. perfectly normal, but just watching all of that in motion, it's, yeah, yeah. it's overwhelming. And, you were, and we were having a conversation today about Pittsburgh accents. and uh, why, So we, you and I, Paul, we love the Boston accent, but we both don't... like. Of see, course. Of course. I like I like the Pittsburgh accent. I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's whimsical. No, not at all. I can't, no. Is it because you're too close to it? Like, what's the you're deal? You're too close to it too. I don't I don't know what what separates the two of us. I think it sounds dumb. It's it does sound dumb. Like I don't want to have it, but I love doing impersonations of it. They're like, I I don't something about the the Pittsburgh accent sounds stupid to me. It sounds lazy. But Boston doesn't sound stupid ba- to you? Boston, Boston sounds shop. Like there's, I there's feel like, like they're going to mug you, kid. Yeah, but it That's sounds not shop. like... It, 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 sounds, it sounds quicker. It sounds sharp to me. Like sharp is in like the way a note is sharp or flat. Like Pittsburghese sounds flat. It sounds lazy. Because like, you have to make your jaw sort do of nothing. just do, yeah, take a fucking time out. That's the point. Like your entire mouth just... Put it on pause, and you're gonna do Pittsburghese. It just sounds lazy, and I've never liked it. I I always hated it. Um, whenever a certain vowel slips out and I catch it, I'm so ashamed of myself. <laughs> but yeah, I've never never had a problem with the Boston accent. <laughs> Boston sports teams, however, toilet in the toilet. Matt, what do you think? Pittsburghese, yay nay? Is it whimsical or is it lazy garbage trash? I'm not a fan. That's terrible. I it it's not it doesn't make you sound smart at all. But yeah, there's some I, I think it's yeah. uh there there's some whimsy there. I think it's fun. It's fun to do. Doesn't make you sound smart. Imagine if we yeah. had it really bad. It's fun, how... to, it's fun to make fun of. Like it's fun to do and in a jokey matter. Like oh, yeah. listen to it's, all these dummies. It's absolutely talk. fun to do. Listen to all these dummies talk. But Real, really though, not not even a little bit. No, I'm not a fan of the Boston accent either. Matt, you're uh, you don't like accents at all. There aren't any fun southern ones accent for you. on a girl. See, I hate that. I think that that one sounds very unintelligent. I like it on a girl. Because uh, you like dumb women. Is that is that <laughs> is that your thing? Is that how you feel about women in general, Matt? You're, you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I know I am. You like. You like the southern accent on a woman. Yeah. But not on a guy. No. Weird. <laughs> weird. You gotta you I gotta like take how... it. You gotta take it both though. So what makes like why why does the southern accent on a girl like it's sexy. But why is but it But it's not sexy on a guy? Because it's dumb on a guy. But oh, what I why see. is it not dumb on a girl? It's the same it's the same twang. The I guess the female, the higher pitched vocal cords delivering said accent just works better. But what if she's what if she's burly and she doesn't have higher mm. higher pitch vocal cords? Um Matt, Matt, do you like that? I yeah, I guess 
on an attractive girl. I like it. <laughs> like a deep. I like I like a deep voiced woman. Like let's say Large Marge, for example, was Southern Large Marge. Paul, how would that sound? I don't know any of what. Give give lines. us a, give me a line. Give me a, line. Give me a, line. Somebody give us a, uh, uh, tell them Large Marge sent you. Tell 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 them Large Marge sent you. Large Marge. See, I think it's Large all. Marge. I think it's all just stupid. Yeah, I, I I really don't like any. Like I don't like American American dialects. Like the American American the American accent is fine. It's just standard. But when you get into like Southern and Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh, Michigan, Minnesota, Minnesota. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, too, like, it's just too goofy. Just be normal. Please, people. Just, just be normal. Just be normal. You so, regional fucks. The further, the further west you go, then you, does it kind of level out? Like once you get to Colorado, for example? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think it Do you does. like the traditional southern like dude like Bill and Ted accent surfer? I Su- just I just like a normal I just like a normal accent. Like I don't You're I don't want a Coloradian accent. I don't want any accent. I think a, a uh I think a Los Angeles accent is probably where it's going to where it's going to lay flat. Do Los Angelinos have an accent? No, because it's been such a melting pot for years. Like no one's ever really from Los Angeles out there. No. Everything just blends together and becomes a a normal neutral accent. It's the bandwagon of accents. Sign me up. So, so, does Thanos have an accent? Yeah, he's from Texas, isn't he? You know, I was Where is he thinking, from? What's his planet called? Uh I think he's from um uh, Oregon, Oregon. Uh, I believe he's from the Goondocks. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah, I know one. Isn't Jeremy Knauss is really upset at us that we don't know this off the top of our head. Was he a Let's Thanos guy? Oh my God, he's he's the um, origin place Titan. Titan. That's right. I thought that's where the Inhumans were from. No, aren't, no, uh, they're, no from, they're on the moon. They live on, on the moon, moon. right? Attilan you is their on city. That one. I'm city. not super familiar with the Inhumans. You're right. Titan. What do they sound like on Titan, Ian? Uh, they sound like they're from the Goondocks. The Goondocks. What are the fucking Goondocks? In the Goonies. Oh. Um, Josh Brolin. Oh. Josh yeah, Brolin yeah, Josh is Brolin's. playing fucking Thanos. And you, you know what Thanos sounds like? Josh Brolin. He's not even doing a voice. He's just. Do doing you want. Josh Brolin to do a voice? Yes, do a little bit of a voice. He's I'm it's I'm fine. They hired Josh Brolin for his voice. Like Is that the reason? They're not using his face? Like What about his voice? Sparingly. Like okay, this guy sounds like the the devourer of worlds and I don't know. I Galactus. I don't have yeah. Okay, it's Galactus, but you know Galactus is <laughs> Thanos' bitch, okay? Like we all know that. Uh, well, I don't I I think that the, he's perfectly fine. His voice Acting is fine. It's, no, it's not his voice not acting. It's it's problem. the sound of it. Like, don't you think that? I don't know. Like, what do you want the baddest, him to sound like? I, the, okay, I want the baddest bad guy that the Marvel universe has seen to sound better than than Josh Brolin. Well, what? What do you? What's, what's, your, what's better? Is it let's, growling? Let's, let's menacing? Start, let's start insanity? here. What is your? What What's your ideal bad guy voice? I guess James Earl Jones. Well, not everybody can be Darth Vader, so you have to. That's deviate. taken. So, do you just want to copy Michael Ironside from 
the Justice League and Superman animated series? That would work. You want them to be a little more gravelly, a little more deeper. measured, a little deeper. I want the voice to match the, the look. I think it does match the look because they took his face and it's kind of like... Oh, I thought you just said they, they didn't put his face in. I didn't did say they, that Paul said that. Did no, they put it in or didn't they? I don't think it looks I, like I it. said they used sparing parts of, of his face. Because it is. It is based on his face. You can see it. Yeah, it's you know the all the dots and the motion capture right, right. and all that. But just, like I don't think like it really Smeagol looks like kind of looks like um uh Andy Claw Circus. from Black Panther. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's because like we've we like if you just back then when Lord of the Rings came out, if you showed us Gollum and like five different actors that could have been him, I don't think would have been able to pick it. I don't same way with Thanos. I don't think if you show us Thanos and five different actors, we're gonna be like, boom, Josh Brolin. Do you think that they have been working in Mark Ruffalo's likeness into the Hulk? Yes. Okay, so I'm pretty sure they're doing the same thing with Thanos. I agree, but I don't think when you look at Thanos, you're like, Oh my god, that's absolutely without a doubt, Josh Brolin. Same that's with a, the Hulk. Yeah, that's I don't not what think I'm saying. I'm, the Hulk doesn't look exactly like Mark Ruffalo either, but no. because we know Mark Ruffalo, we see him as Mark Ruffalo in the movies turn into the Hulk. Like they're they're in the same like they're in the same minute together. Like it's easier to pick up on that stuff. Okay. So do we so we have a problem, Matt, you have a problem with the I don't like it. I don't the, like it. I mean if if I'm allowed to choose what the voice sounds like, I'm not gonna get Josh Brolin to to be that voice. I, I I don't know who I would pick at this point. I didn't realize I was going to be allowed to. I didn't realize this, this was going to be This is your podcast, man. You can do whatever you want to do. Be free. Have fun. Give me, I'll, I will, I'll have somebody for you in okay, a little bit. Okay, no problem. But overall, you guys were not very excited about the trailer, when it, the original trailer, when it first dropped. We talked about it. Throughout the months, you have not mm -hmm. gotten any more excited about it. This new trailer comes out. Mm -hmm. You get to see. I don't know if there's more. I mean, there's a little bit more meat on the bone in this one. You get to hear some more character interactions. Does that stir anything in you? Does it get any of the Marvel juices going? Yeah, I like this trailer infinitely. Ah! Better than the first one. The first one did nothing for me. Paul, I really just... wish that that wink would pick up on Mike, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> the first trailer did nothing for me. You it can hear it going of... through my soul. <laughs> going through your penis. <laughs> it was a bunch of big like action pieces, and it was just, here's the biggest movie we've ever made on Earth. And it was just big, nothing personal about it. Nothing to make me want to get invested in this movie. But this movie, we get a little Peter Doctor Strange, classic Marvel, jokey McJokerson stinger at the end. Yeah, we get, get a little cream ready. We get a little Peter Quill <laughs> filling the cream pie to slam in Tony's face. We get some <laughs> of that classic, classic Marvel action. But I I like that stuff. Um I still maintain if Nebula is not the character to kill Thanos, I will burn the motherfucking theater down. But why would you? Why why get upset when you know that's not what's going to happen? You know it's I not going to happen. I can't help you it. You know that it's that's not, not how they're going to write it. It's not up to me. It's not up to me. 
But I so, so don't get mm. mad. Don't have these expectations and then get mad when they're not met because that's a that's a very specific thing that you know is never going to go over with the general like the the way that they would write this story for the masses. It's just not going to happen that way. I love seeing Letitia Wright. I hope she gets more screen time than I think she's going to get. Um, do you what do we think about this? Do we think that since Black Panther is this phenomenon that it is and is making all this money and driving a lot of people to the theater? Not that Avengers needs help with this, but do you think that maybe a little extra Wakanda stuff is going to be added or some scenes are going to be beefed up a little bit? Like, Letitia Wright, I don't think a couple of months ago would have been featured in the trailer, but absolutely if she's in this movie now, like, she has a following. They're going to, they put her in the trailer because of oh, the success of Black Panther. It, it absolutely helps because it's so it's so fresh in everyone's mind. So... And it's, it just all seems so natural and organic. And maybe that's just the part of me railing against Riri Williams and how that was just forced upon us out of nowhere. Yeah. And I don't really expect uh, Shuri to be the next person in the Iron Man suit if Tony dies or Robert Downey Jr. retires. But... She seems like just a, a really natural, organic part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and where everything's going. And if she's such a brilliant mind with control over the most powerful substance on Earth, like she should be part of that big brain trust. She should have a big part in this movie. And, like, you know, in Black Panther, she has, you know, she has the scientific know how and she has the excitement for tech and being involved and in, in doing this stuff. And it's she seems like a character that would lose her shit over getting a chance to jump into an Iron Man costume and figure out how it works and to be part of it. And uh, it, it, just, it just all seems very natural and organic. I don't know why they wouldn't use her more. I agree. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got to see her. I'm glad we got to see... Um, Peter giving giving Tony Tony some lip. Yeah, it's it seems like that that make me think. Oh man, like this is the promise fulfilled. Like this is what all these Marvel movies coming together once again. Like it's it's the magic of that first Avengers when you get to see all the Avengers on the screen. Now we have so many more characters from so such far reaching places of the Marvel universe that are going to come together. It's, it's real. It's, it is, I can't say it's as exciting because there was such a, uh, a factor of the unknown with it's the like first Ave Avengers, Avengers formula 2.0. Yeah. Like this feels like the true sequel to the, the Avengers, like what the, the feeling of the Avengers that we had the first time, like, Oh my God, is this going to possibly work? I st I have a little bit of that apprehension. Like it's a lot of characters, man. It's hard to, it's going to be hard to balance them on the screen. Even if a bunch of them get wiped out, like I expect them to, but I'm excited to see them interact. I'm excited to see Dr. Strange and Peter Parker talk to each other and the black Panther crew have some interaction with the Avengers. Like, I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, it was It was the personal moments, the, the individual character moments that made me like this trailer way more than the first one. 
Matt, you've been awfully quiet over there. Have I? Paul, I agree with you. I think that it was infinitely better than the first trailer. The first trailer, just to me, it wasn't really a trailer. It wasn't much of a preview. It didn't really do anything to explain what this movie is about at all. Um, it, it Did we not know what this movie is about? Um, I, I don't think that it, it did a very good job of setting up what it's about. Um, I mean, we know, yeah. I think uh, the audience knows. Like, there's a built-in knowledge that there are infinity stones and there's a guy coming you know to I think to do something it with it in the first trailer what that thanos is coming to destroy earth for the infinity stones i think that's dialogue from the first trailer oh, uh well if that's the case i stand corrected but i don't think that's the case but just uh, the institutional knowledge that there is a bad guy out there that's going to come to earth to fight the avengers over infinity stones i think like the general population kind of gets that, you know, you don't need to smash them over the head with it. Uh, well, I, I don't agree because I okay. guess I, I, I don't look at it as being smashed over the head because I think that this trailer did what it was supposed to do what the first one should have done, which was explain who the villain is. Yeah, I know we've seen him before, but like it's very clear who he is and what he's about. They show the most important part of him, which is the Infinity Gauntlet, they show it. They explain. That was in the first trailer. They explain what it is, what it means if he gets it, and I don't think that that is the threat is really explained until this trailer. Um, it's just my opinion. Uh, I can tell you don't agree, but that's okay. They give the reason you why I'm not they give you a little more. It. I'm just letting you do your thing, man. But yeah, like I, I don't agree. They yeah. give you a little more detail this time around because as as the voiceover is saying, you know, he's he's building this. We have what he what he wants. They show the eye of Agamotto. They show Vision his little headpiece. Mm-hmm. So you know they they're there are better breadcrumbs in this trailer. I think it is, I think it's a much tighter trailer. I think it explains what's happening better. Yes. It gives us better character moments. Yes. Overall, this trailer is 100% better than the first one. As far as, hey, here's, here's something you can expect from this movie. Well, don't both trailers have a different mess, like mission? The first one was more broad. It was showing big, broad strokes. This one's getting into the minutia of... Big bad guy, big fights, big things, more big things. Right. Credits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's kind of what trailers do, everybody. And then they Not the- narrow... And that's what modern, modern trailers do. Broad, narrow, narrow, narrow. TV spots, narrow. You narrow down. Like, that's what you do with TV- marketing and... TV spots aren't narrow. They're just shorter. But sometimes you get into more narrow uh, personal tales yeah, of individual you get, characters. You get character specific TV spots. So I, I, I get what you're saying, but like that that doesn't that doesn't mean that this trailer wasn't better. I I think that this trailer was better. I'm just saying that I think that you guys I still maintain that you guys were reacting to whatever was happening at work that day. The up. The, the excitement and anticipation for from your coworkers 
must have been a wave that washed you guys over it was, with, with hatred because they must have been too fucking amped. It was America. America. It was the world losing their minds. There was just 24-hour masturbation over this that fucking first Avengers trailer and I didn't really understand it. I was the only person in the entire city not furiously beating my dick over this that fucking trailer. It was it was, <laughs> it was so crazy. Like it was okay. But but that's the that's like I, yeah. That that first trailer was okay. I'm mean, like it was broad strokes, quote unquote. <laughs> Like there was nothing in that first trailer that I can really point to that I was like, "This is this is gonna be awesome." Like I was like, "Oh, cool, cool, yeah, it'll be fun." But this time I'm like, "Oh, that moment's gonna be cool, and this interaction's gonna be awesome." And holy shit, he's gonna get all those stones, like because you get you get a tease of all of it this yeah. time because you know that for you know that that Star Lord Iron Man meetup that we see the the Peter Doctor Strange interaction. We're going to see a ton of that yeah. with all kinds of different characters. And that's exciting. Yeah. I, the first one was like, hey, no one's talking. They're, it's just two and a half hours of big fights. <laughs> I guess they also they had to like reintroduce like they like, hey, everybody, Captain America has a beard. He's back. Like the, the these are the armies. This is what it's going to look like. Big broad strokes yeah they definitely did that to the point where i was kind of confused like what i was even looking at frankly yes uh the fight uh that looks like takes place in wakanda without the context of seeing the black panther movie i didn't i was very unclear on what was going on there uh also the the initial voiceovers in the first trailer where they let each character basically say a line of a sentence uh was kind of awkward and um you know i know that they did it to kind of um to try to build up some drama here but i think it would have been better with just a a regular announcer voiceover i know it's very in a world like we got this time um the announcer was just thanos though right wasn't it no the second it was gomorrah you're right, right. Oh. But I mean, like a traditional trailer announcer, they don't do this anymore. Oh. But well, so, like Ian, like you were saying, in a world, well, not maybe not that cheese ball, but like, but do they do that anymore? Not really, no. not really. Usually, usually it does come off kind of cheesy. I feel like maybe something like, um, I don't know, I, I could be wrong on this, but maybe like a wrinkle in time might have had a voiceover. So I would, didn't, didn't I wanna, we just like revile that like don't we hate that movie without even saying it I want to see the I want to see the comedy version of the Infinity War trailer from Thanos's perspective where it shows him coming through that wormhole and then it freezes and he's like hi I'm Thanos I'm looking for the Infinity Stones and you're not going to believe what I get into on Earth <laughs> Like Where's that, that fucking trailer? I, I like trailer that too. At? Yeah, Matt, get on that. Come on. Uh, yeah, I, I know you got the chops. Yeah, right. His voice isn't as deep as he would want. Oh, uh, I, I, I thought of somebody. Uh, Brian Blessed would be a, a good uh, Thanos voice. 
Brian Blessed from Tell the People at Home. Uh, 1999's Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Is he still alive? I think so. Who did he play? Boss Nass. He also played uh, a really? character in... Um, That's why I know You're going to get voice. some pushback. And he this. also played a uh, character in Flash Gordon. He's got a great voice, though. No. I, Big voice. Yeah, I think uh, when I look him up, I recognize him from other He's things. He's got an amazing now. beard. He's 81 years old. I don't know if he can make it through. Like, I don't know if he can make it through production, but I mean that's I don't I don't think that's a bad pick. I think that's pretty solid. That that's out of the box. You can't get any more out of the box than that. But I think it's solid. I didn't, I didn't say Ahmed Best, the guy that voiced Jar Jar Binks. I I picked yeah, the other. You picked Dungan. his boss. Yeah, his boss. I like that. That's the leader's name, Boss. <laughs> Like, how ridiculous. So did the Infinity War trailer give you a two-point swing? One-point swing. Two-point swing, but I don't know what my what where I was before. Me neither, but I'm willing to give it a two-point swing. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty confident that it that it rose a couple points. So now it's at two. No, no, no. Ian, you're mischaracterizing uh, everything check the tapes man you're we mischaracterizing these conversation, guys i mean do you know this people I, can check this stuff right and i was down on it admittedly i was probably like a five for excitement um maybe i mean maybe it, i'm I'm, it, I'm exaggerating a little bit but only a little bit. it it wasn't a good trailer i don't care what everybody else says it just wasn't i don't think it had the fundamentals of what a quality trailer should have. I don't think it was great, but I think that what you were looking for, I don't know, man. I, what I was I, looking for was what we got in this one. This was way, 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 way better. It was this one actually. When, the first time I saw it, I got some chills. Not gonna lie, I thought it was really cool. The character moments were great. I thought it did a good job of previewing what this is about, and um, like I don't know. There's just cool shit in it. That that, I mean, only Robert Downey Jr. can can like give me a boner by saying, "Tell me his name again." Like, <laughs> there's such a cool delivery with the way you mean that, that Lexus that. lady can't give you a boner with that. Tell me his name again, <laughs> Thanos. Thanos from those have the lisps built in. Yeah, the I, Mad Titan. The, the Mad Titan. I I don't I don't remember what my excitement was previously, but. I'd, I'd say uh, my excitement, my excitement's probably up to a seven yeah. at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if it's up to an eight by April twenty seventh. It looks and real good, man. This movie up. I'm I'm Marvel in a seven like, as We're well. releasing in May. Psych. April twenty seventh. Fuck you, you, Amy Schumer movie. Did you say fuck you? No, I said fuck you. The Amy okay. Schumer movie also then moved itself out of that spot. <laughs> yeah, we she was like, we're n- we're not getting crushed. What Amy Schumer movie is that? Is that the one where she? It's kind of like it's. Oh, it's the fucking Jack Black movie where he sees fat girls thin. It's they could not make shallow how shallow how yeah. Is that kind of like the reverse internal version of shallow how because she's Amy Schumer, but she sees her th- herself as <laughs> herself. You that really? may have happened as a thin. <laughs> that may have crept in there. I don't know what that movie is, but yeah, like she, she gets the confidence to be the woman she's always wanted to be, um, but she doesn't physically change. But people think 
She thinks she does. Yeah, sure. I, I guess it's sort of the inverse. Sounds like of it that. might be a red box kind of kind of movie. Amy Schumer's funny, um, but I don't know if I like her movies. I like her stand up and her TV show is really good, but her movies, meh. The one with her and Goldie Hawn trapped in the jungle was very pedestrian. Yeah. I I wondered why they didn't go with Goldie Hawn's real daughter for that because I feel like that. Oh, Kate Hudson. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't think she really has any comedic chops. So best button movies. Oh. Smoking ass. I thought that she did. No. Okay. I don't think she's funny. She was good in Bride Wars, but I don't think she's necessarily funny. That's not her thing. Yeah, the movie with Amy Schumer was a comedy. Okay. I just I thought that maybe the chemistry between the you know mom and daughter would be maybe they hate each other. Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. So, why don't we move on to... Well, very quickly, Paul, you're a seven, I'm a seven, Ian, excitement. Seven. Right there with you guys. Holy We're all seven. Shit. We're all seven. Triple sevens. That's that's 21 if you add it up. Oh, look out now. Oh, you, which, for you gamblers shit. out there. Which has no relevance. But anyway, Paul, what do you want to move on to here? We're going to move on to Warner Brothers and DC Comics announcing a Wrinkle in Time's Ava DuVernay, director extraordinaire, is going to helm... All oh, the sarcasm just dripping. No, I mean I mean all of that. The, where, I, where I lose respect for all of this is the New Gods. <laughs> Ava DuVernay is going to direct a New Gods movie. What do you guys think? Because I don't fucking care. Uh, I mean, okay. I don't necessarily like the New Gods all that much. Um, of Ava DuVernay's works that I've seen, I really did like Selma, and I like 13th. Um, but those, I like those things for... The subject matter. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if a wrinkle in time qualifies her to to helm a superhero movie. It must. Um, but I I liked her more uh, uh, real uh, real world uh, grounded work. Mm-hmm. So I I you know I I don't know the the um, the new gods don't. I, I don't know. They don't really speak to me. I don't know much about them really i, I really you know don't they're either. weird kirby shit yeah like, they've, that's all I right know. and i'm not a jack kirby fan i mean i'm a fan of his uh influence on comic books but i'm not a fan of anything specific like mm. any specific stories at least that i know of um yeah i can't point to any either right i'm not a fan of um certainly like the cosmic stuff i always thought the interdimension stuff was pretty kind of confusing or just flat out uninteresting. Yeah. And uh, that that's not just a Jack Kirby uh, criticism that I'm leveling. I just don't like different dimensions, time travel, a lot of space I don't really care for, not in comics. Yeah, least. I don't like space comic stuff either. So that's maybe where it just hits a blind spot for me. Right. With- now... Now, I I do think that this has the potential to uh, be a bit more mainstream, less niche, if you will. Uh, I I think that um, they're going to maybe make it abundantly clear or, uh, I don't know, just 
I think it's just going to appeal more to uh, your casual fan uh, in like the cinematic kind of tone world. I don't are know. They like, okay, so the is Darkseid going to be the main bad guy? The main hero would be Orion. I mean, he has to be right, but Darkseid is sort of the ma- main bad guy in Justice. That, League. Right. That's where I so, get a little confused. And I would imagine that an uh, Ava DuVernay joint would have a different tone than what Zack Snyder has been putting out there as the main tone for the DC Cinematic Universe. So I'm really not sure what we're going to get with this. So, I I mean, I can't really, I can't say that I'm enthused about it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a little interested. I would say that I'd probably go see this movie, but um, I, I can't say that I'm jazzed for yeah, it I, until I, I see something. You I know? think it's likely that we'll see it, yeah. yeah. But, um, I, I think we're all going to need to actually see more to make a de- uh, decision. Yeah, no, it's, it's the interesting thing is that this director, Ava DuVernay, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't yes. matter because we don't worry about that here on this podcast. She uh, passed up the offer to direct Black Panther it, so that way she could direct A Wrinkle in Time, which maybe she's kind of regretting that maneuver. Uh, maybe not, because who it knows? Is uh, it tanking? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, is it tanking? Everything's getting clobbered by Black Panther. Black Panther was number one once Tomb again Raider this was weekend. number two. Yeah, I mean... Oh, A Wrinkle in Time didn't even make number two. Uh, it didn't even make number three. I can only imagine it was number three That this would weekend. be tanking, yes. So... Well, you know what? That's what happens when you give directing jobs to ethnics. <laughs> a, rank, <laughs> a rank one time is currently number five in the 2018 box office. Uh, the box office goes like this. Number one, Black Panther. Number two, Peter Rabbit. Number three, Fifty Shades Free. Number four, Insidious Four. And five, rank one time. Um, 60, Yikes. 60, 60 mil so far. Um that's yeah. not good. Black paint, like never. I, uh, I guess the that's not good. I guess the lesson I take from that is, like, never doubt the power of children. Peter Rabbit, are you fucking kidding me? Peter Rabbit that with a hundred and two mil, just pumping. It didn't it even out. look good. You know what looks good? Poo. Poo. That Ewan McGregor Winnie the Pooh joint, Christopher Robin. Oh, fuck. Yes. Yeah, you like that? Fuck yeah. You a big poo head? Not. Really, but some I don't know if it's Ewan McGregor or Pooh, but like the voice of Pooh, like watching like uh, Disney mornings or whatever on the Disney Disney Channel. Okay, there there was like a, I guess it was a live action Winnie the Pooh show where they They got like a real bear costumes. In a t shirt, it wasn't a real it wasn't a real bear. Oh, Um, but they had you said live action. They have people in costumes, but yeah, something is I mean, something about that trailer with uh, Ewan McGregor being Christopher Robin, and he's old, and he sees Pooh again, and like the Pooh voice. Like I kind of choked up watching that. And I don't want to see old Christopher Robin. Like that's a bummer. I want to see like Christopher Robin and Pooh like in their fucking in heyday, their man. Yeah, in their prime. Their so what you so you're talking about original trilogy versus sequel trilogy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to see the Pooh Awakens. <laughs> You don't want to see the Pooh Jedi. <laughs> the last Pooh. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I want to I want to see the Pooh Strikes Back. You know, that was my favorite. Was... <laughs> I don't know. Return of the Return of the Pooh has some highlight scenes. 
Some of the most classic of the trilogy. Yeah, when Pooh like you, you know, know he got Pooh his strikes down Tigger. <laughs> Pooh, Pooh had his hand like all in honey, and he's hanging off the thing in Best Bin. And he was like, "Oh no, Christopher Robin!" But Rabbit can't get Pooh's fat ass out of that tree trunk because so, he's trying to get honey. So just to um, clarify, frozen in carbonite. A Wrinkle in Time did open number two. Uh, number two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it did. Uh, it did open number two, and yep. um, that was the first time that a that number one and two were taken up by spots by direct African American directors. Number one and two slot on the old box office chart, but then A Wrinkle in Time quickly fell off as Black Panther continued to clobber this week February March <laughs> competition <laughs> how strategic of you marvel yeah but in an, in a way like avengers coming out is going to like for a lot of people they're like fucking we get the black panther sequel right now like yeah. that's going to drive a lot of people to the theater for real like even that jumanji movie was holding on because of the week competition jumanji was actually decent it was a good movie it was it had america's fucking action America's sweetheart the Ryan Johnson <laughs> yeah I mean he can do no wrong <laughs> until Rampage comes out give him a minute Rampage looks good him and what? his relationship with that monkey George holy shit you're off the podcast <laughs> we, um... we need another minority in here <laughs> <laughs> you you don't think that Rampage will um it'll at least come in the top three of its weekend I don't know what weekend it is but it'll be in the top three. Like, isn't that's like, not really me saying anything? Right. By the way, like, <laughs> exactly. So sure, it'll be the it'll be the I can only imagine of its weekend. So, new gods. Like, I don't I don't know Ava DuVernay's movie history. What I filmography? Know. I believe it's yeah. called. Um, you you've never seen Thirteenth? No. No. What's, what is Thirteenth? 13th is the exploration of the 13th Amendment in America and oh, how it is God, I'm already going um, to sleep. marginalized African Americans. Next. <laughs> I knew you'd Are love that. Are these all black Have movies? You, yes, they're all black movies. <laughs> you've, never, you've never seen Selma. Is one of them Creed? One of them is not Creed. That's the other black director. <laughs> the other one. Who had, yeah. <laughs> you've never seen Selma, though? About the March. John Singleton on. did Creed? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think I knew Spike three Lee. black directors. Uh, Spike Lee, yeah, Spike one. Lee, yeah. No. Uh, so okay, yeah, she does black movies. Um, are there any blacks in the the what is it? The fourth world is that? No, what, or no, the, fourth. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, the, the, the fourth dimension. The fourth. The fourth. World is it fourth characters. world? Okay. Yeah, are there any? Are, are there are any? Are there any uh, Negroes on New Genesis? No, uh, no? I don't. No, I don't think so. I think they're gonna have to pull some Heimdall shit where they made, uh, you know, they made them pulling a Heimdall. No, they're all like they're all white and dark sides gray and like I don't know. Like I fucking hate the new gods. I hate the fourth world. I wish DC would strike it from their entire publication history. Like if I was. Editor in chief at DC, oh I would God. put the hammer down. 
No more new gods ever. You get to use Dark Side. And Mr. Miracle. And Mr. Miracle. And Lashina, because I think she's sexy. No Big Barda? I, like uh, I will allow Big Barda. Who's or, uh, an Orion that Ow. we don't like? Ow, nope. Dead. <clears throat> nope. nope. Why? That's it. I don't, you don't like, like them. Look. I think they're fucking stupid. Okay. I think all those characters well are said. fucking dumb. Well I don't said. think I don't think they fit naturally with the entire DC landscape. I think they're always kind of forced in there. They're always so fucking weird. Maybe I just don't like Jack Kirby's otherworldly weirdness. I fucking hate the new gods. I hate that property so fucking much. My God, give her anything, anything, but the fucking new gods. Yeah, I kind of feel like this is them setting her up to fail. Like, this doesn't seem to be a property that would be in her wheelhouse. It doesn't seem like something that is, um, like, it doesn't seem like a passion project well, for Ava, Ava DuVernay. A Wrinkle in Time seems like, you know, bananas, cuckoo, gonzo, crazy. But it seemed like... And a- that's also new gods. It's... But- Bizarre, but it seemed like from just reading some of the stuff that she said about it, it seemed like she was passionate about making that that film. You know, it's it's just more evidence to why I am a fucking dummy. Because, I mean, like she's a huge director, supposed to know her shit, and she's trumpeting new gods. Like, well, she was just given. And, and I mean, they're like, hey, you want to do this thing? It's gonna were be big. they though, or? Was Did she, she like, fight for it? Or, or, or was Warner Brothers like, hey, you're big director, huge name. We got to get you in here, whatever you want to do. And then she picked New Gods. Oh, boy. I like, would... Maybe they were like, maybe they were like, hey, Man Still 2, Green Lantern Corps, what do you want? We'll give you anything. And maybe she was like New Gods. Maybe she was, but I think that's presumptuous to assume that that's what she picked. I think that they had a property. And they were like, "Hey, do you want to do this?" And she was like, "I yeah, saw sure. her pull some, pull some deep cut Jack Kirby quotes about the New Gods world the past week." So it seems like she knows what she's talking about. Okay, and that I mean that's good for the property if she's able to really deliver something, really to if she's able to deliver a good product and just make a good movie, no matter what the subject matter is. I mean, I if if any if she if anyone. Can make me like the new gods. I'm all in, but like the the new gods is probably my least favorite comic book property of all comic book properties. That's ever. really weird. I wasn't getting that impression. <laughs> Just want to be clear, Matt. Now, uh, you know, it's funny when I was looking at some reviews of A Wrinkle in Time. It, it got a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which you know isn't great, but. It's not the end-all, be-all for sure. Now, do they take the aggregate of professional reviewers and and regular viewers? Yeah, isn't that how Rotten Tomatoes I, Or do works, they separate or... them? I don't know. Or, uh... oh, yeah, you have the user score and the critic score. That The, um, the critic score is 40%, but I thought that this particular quote from a reviewer is funny. Um and you get a crap movie, and you get a crap movie. Everybody gets a crap movie. Oh <laughs> uh, boy! Yeah, it's um, it it's it rough. doesn't it never it to me like, and it's not a movie for me or any of us here. But it never uh, looked. I think we 
talked about this back when we were previewing some of the movies, and one of us here on the podcast seemed to think that it, it might not be too bad. Or did they say that it was likely to make money and they were wrong? Oh, I don't know. Why Why would we ever know? Um, I think I said that I think this movie's not for us. We won't go see it, but I think it would make a lot of money. I was wrong. I expected it to do well. Yeah, I'd like, but there was never an assumption that any of us or, oh, okay. or honestly any anyone that we knew was going to be excited and go see this movie and i see fucking everything i saw tomb raider this weekend Ew. and like Ew, boy. you should see the strangers i saw maybe i will that opened against came in one spot under a wrinkle in time came in at number three and let me tell you it's a good horror movie this peter rabbit movie though oh no looks pretty good here's the thing <clears throat> they announced uh, Ava Duver- DuVernay's uh, hiring um, after A Wrinkle in Time came out to not great reviews and not great box office. Why now? Like what, you know, that was her first big uh, epic, uh, big special effects thing. What, like what was it uh, about the timing after I think it's safe to say after a flop. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they it was just, already in the works and was like, well, and I they guess figured we, that they they put it out there. Wow, yeah, maybe that that was I, it. They already settled it and then sort of like jumped the gun and said, well, this is going to be a big movie. We gotta get her signed up and then we'll release this information after the movie well, comes out. A wrinkle in time does like is even if it's a flop, that doesn't. You know that that doesn't negate her prior successes. No, but but that's probably the closest analog to what you're going to get in New Gods. Like Selma, probably isn't a very good way to judge. Maybe how like you what don't do think ex- New Gods is going to be black and white? Was Selma black and white? No, oh. no. But I mean, you know what I mean, though, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know God if there damn, were many man. special effects in that movie. Uh, there were not, I mean, there was a lot of, uh, walking beatings and beatings. Yes. There, yes. There's so there's action like that, but no CG. So there all was like, black and white uh, there. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, case yeah, closed. Yes. Yes. There was, um, white people beating black people for protesting peacefully. So yes, it was black. So can white. we look at this? Like it's new Genesis and apocalypse. I, if that's her, t- I think that that would be an extremely interesting take. That would get some people interested in it. I think that the majority of the fans that they're wanting to bring in are not going to like that. So, if yeah, you're it's a, it's a if weird you're a fan of the New this- Gods property, you're an asshole. <laughs> if you love that property, if you can't wait to to get to f- some fucking fourth world New Gods bullshit. When you're reading your DC comics, you're an asshole. Matt, what? Let's okay. Let's cut Paul out of this conversation for right now. Why do you think Paul hates the New Gods so bad? Um, my guess is that it is a take on space in the DC universe that is very different than what they do in Green Lantern. If I had to elevator pitch that for you, that's exactly what I think. Not so, because they've. Uh, they've made, they've made 
a lot of attempts to tie all of that together. So Apocalypse is in a specific Green Lantern space sector. Same with New Genesis. Uh, there are there have been plenty of comic books that are like, hey, Green Lanterns, you're space cops. Why do you allow like space Nazi Germany to exist as they're, a planet? Why don't like, you shut this shit down? They're like, it's the Kirby Accords. We have to let all this stuff. That <laughs> we have to let them dress like that and look like that. There's nothing we can do. Like, Legacy. I, I don't, I don't like the weird Jack Kirby art styles, but I do like the difference in styles. I love seeing throughout the course of comic book history all the different comic book costume designs. That's why I hated the New Fifty Two so much because they're like, everybody's gonna look just like this with collars, and we're all gonna be the same. Fuck you. There's a reason why all these characters look so different because they come from vastly different places. And I I like that all only the, the Justice World League stuff, look the same though. Let let's, you know, let the record show. Yeah, but every but everyone coming into the new 52 was designed with the same sensibilities. Not everyone had collars, but everyone looked like they were designed by the same three creators in 2012 or whenever that came out. Animal Man Swamp Thing? Swamp Thing's just Swamp Thing, but Animal Man's costume was tweaked a little bit. And you think that that was reflective of, like, what was going on? With I think the- I think there are outliers. I think there were some good things to come out of that. I argue that it's not just outliers. But, like, I, my point is I like the world of different costumes, and that's yeah. what you get with the Kirby stuff. Mm-hmm. They are bananas. Yeah, they're they're wacky, and you know they definitely have a, uh, I guess kind of a '60s vibe that's really kind of yeah uh, stayed with them over the over the decades. Yeah, like they they get updated, but they still maintain like the big circles with the lines connecting them, and you know the the jagged zigzags at times, and it's just it's it's so bizarre. I don't think it's a design what, aesthetic what that I don't like. What other kind of zigzags are there? I guess the zig z- zigzag zigzags, zigzag. Aren't they all jagged though? Like, what's a smooth zigzag? An S. <laughs> you can have smoother. And you can have smoother zig zigzags. A smooth zigzag is an F. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to do a deep dive off mic this week to see to really dig into why I don't some like, show prep. I think it's called. why I don't like these characters. Uh, sure. Let's call it. <laughs> let's call it show prep. We'll get back to you next week on that. Why Paul doesn't like the new uh, gods? No, smooth, um, smooth zigzag. Hate those characters. So I mean, with all that said, I, I'm fine with them making this movie. It's like whatever. DC is can't fall any farther. Maybe who knows? At right at worst, it it's just another crappy movie that nobody cares about. At best, it might surprise people. Um, I don't know how hard they're going to try to tie it in with everything else. Uh, I don't think they're really going to. So you know, whatever, make something cool. The only time, and of 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 all my new gods hate through through this episode, I I don't want to dismiss. Um, the story Cosmic Odyssey. Uh, it's over there in my comic somewhere. I forget who wrote it. Uh, Mike Magnola drew it. Um, our good I buddy from Comic Book Pit, uh, Dan, 
picked it up for me. And it was the only time I really liked the New Gods. It, it folded their story into modern, the modern DC universe so well. Everything worked together. The you know New Genesis and Apocalypse were still apart from the DCU, but it it blended all of the worlds together. It was the story where um, John Green Lantern, John Stewart has to blow up an entire an entire planet, and that's carried throughout his entire history. Um, and it was a really good story, but that was the only time I really liked reading the New Gods, and I think it was in a small sample size because the new gods world is vast there's tons of characters and cosmic odyssey really focuses on on a handful so maybe it's small sample sizes i like maybe why don't we talk spider-man uh marvel's doing a another relaunch they're rebooting again and they're Relaunching Spider-Man with who, Matt? Nick Spencer's going to write it, and Ryan Otley is going to draw it. Since he doesn't have a job anymore because Invincible's over. Right. Ryan Otley was the artist that drew Invincible for most of its, what was it, about 150 issues. Um, It seemed like a long time. Yeah, there was another artist that started it, uh, his name was Corey Walker. He was the uh, the co-creator. Him and Robert Kirkman created Invincible, and then about six issues in, Ryan Otley took over. and And Ryan Otley's art was very similar to Corey Walker's, but over the the ten year span that he worked on that comic book, his art evolved, and he became a better artist, and he became a superior artist to Corey Walker. Corey Walker wasn't particularly good at it you know, meeting the deadlines. Like he couldn't, he couldn't draw a monthly book and, uh, Ryan Otley could, and he got pretty good at drawing comics. Like it's funny when he started, he had a very indie kind of, uh, look to his art. It was very, very, uh, gridded. And, um, as the book went along, they, a, they increased the, uh, the, the dynamism of the color palette, like there were, you know, shades now, like when it first started, it was very flat, but, uh, you start to realize, man, this guy's art, it's not indie level. This is like, did this he have guy... a colorist? Yeah, there was a different, they, they adjusted the colors many, many issues into the series. But and... he, he was, was he the penciler? He was the penciler. Yeah. Was but, he also the inker? I don't think so. <clears throat> But his art really like went to the next level, and you so can see it maybe benefited from a better colorist. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, and you realize that um, he was better than you might have given him credit for. And you know, Invincible, if if you've never read it, is a wacky comic book. Lots of action, lots of characters, lots of different looking characters, and. Um, I never thought about it, but man, Ryan Otley is a really good choice for a Spider-Man comic. I don't know if I love him on the flagship Spider-Man title, um, but okay, I'm I'm down. I think that's pretty cool. I'm pretty inspired. I think it's an inspired choice, so I'm I'm 
pretty excited to see what he does. They've already released the cover, which is a wraparound cover. It looks good. There's a lot of different characters on there. The worst part, sadly, is the way he draws Spider-Man. I'm not loving that, but all the other characters look pretty cool. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, I'm not a big Ryan Otley, uh, or not not a not against Ryan Otley. I'm not. A, I didn't follow his work on Invincible very much. It all looks um, very classic. I think that I do follow him on Twitter, and I've always noticed that his um, like his raw pencils are pretty cool looking. Um, as Paul mentioned, colorists really can be the defining. Mm-hmm. Um, note to somebody's career if you get the right colorist like an Alex Sinclair or something like that you it can really jump you to the next level is Electro a girl now? looks like it doesn't it? it does um, Matt why don't why don't you like his Spider-Man too too bumpy too muscly uh, a lot I, going on there yeah I think it's maybe the face I haven't looked at it upside down I'm going to do that now, although I think my iPad's going to flip the image on me, bastard. Yeah, it did. Son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, I think that um, I think that uh, the the Spider-Man face, it, like the shape of the head behind the mask yeah, is just a little bit again. pointy in the chin. Ugh, Matt just doesn't like pointy in the chin. Um... I mean, I'm not. I'm not not gonna get it. I'm. I'm definitely intrigued based on that artist, Nick Spencer. On the other hand, the writer that was announced to take over the comic book after ten agonizingly painful years of that piece of garbage hack Dan Slott. Uh, you know, and I don't think that I can overstate how bad Dan Slott was at writing Spider-Man. He ruined the character for 10 years. Uh, well, he perpetuated Joe Casada's ruining of the character for 10 years. And he actually lessened my overall enjoyment of comic books as a result of his presence on that book for that long. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dan Slott was a, like, I'm, I'm sure he's a nice man, but he yeah. did horrible things to Spider-Man. Right. And, like and, uh, maybe he my- can write a different character great like I'm, I'm not disputing his chops as a writer but what he did to spider-man specifically is just it's not forgivable yeah. at least, you know. time and again he did things that were just odd choices and i understand that you need to sometimes think outside the box and write some different some different things about a character but like just killing him off and making spider-man dr octopus i mean i don't think that worked all that great mm-hmm. there were just a lot of a lot of just bad choices. Uh, it wasn't he sort of responsible for doing a lot of like that throwback ish kind of stuff with Spider Man after yeah yeah um, the gauntlet like, the gauntlet and it was like basically putting Peter Parker back in the nineteen sixties. I felt like and that's not the Peter Parker that I no. grew up with or liked. No, I'm not sure why we needed to send him back to the Spider Man. To me, has hasn't been good since Howard Mackey was the writer, really underrated writer in 1995. No, no, no. He <laughs> he may have written it in the in the two thousand. Yeah, I guess he wrote it in the two thousands. John Romita Jr. was drawing it. It was great. It was really good. Spider Man. Like and, I, you, I know you don't like the Straczynski stuff, but that oh, the Straczynski stuff started really good though. I I really some Paul love Jenkins that stuff. stuff was pretty good, but the the Dan Slott stuff was is just like it it almost 
as a longtime Spider-Man reader, I almost can't believe that that happened. I haven't consistently purchased Spider-Man for for that entire time. And up until that point, I was getting Spider-Man every month and getting the trades if I missed stuff. I was a religious Spider-Man fan. And right. now I could... Uh, even with this announcement, I don't know much about Nick Snyder or Nick Spencer, and I don't know like in Ryan Otley's fine, but he's not the type of artist that's going to drive me to this book. That art's fine, it's fine, but it's not something that's gonna make me purposefully go out and buy a book. Like yeah. I, it's it's few and far between that there are moments where I see art and I'm like, holy shit, I have to buy, I absolutely have to go buy that book. Yeah. Today I did have an experience with that. I think it's, um, is it Jorge Jimenez, Paul, that's the artist on the new Justice League that's coming up? That, um, they're yeah. Like, um, Scott Snyder is going to be writing it. Um, Jimenez and another fairly high profile Jim artist. Jim Chung? Yeah, and like that, Jim the, Chung's on DC the, now. The art for that blew me away that. to the point where I was like, "I'm definitely getting this fucking book." Like, that's cool. Is it yeah. out? Not, no, not, it's not, not coming yet. out till July. But, um, not to shift this to Justice League talk, but what really excited me about these Justice League covers that um, Jorge Jimenez has done is that it looks like animated series Justice League plus Cyborg. It, Can we please demote Cyborg back to the Teen Titans? That art please. that you're showing me, uh, Ian, looks. It it I think it is reminiscent of what Ryan Otley has going on on his cover. Maybe 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 I'm not giving it a fair shake. But it's that it's it, yeah it it looks amazing. It looks great. Like that classic, better color though on that. That classic animated series, yeah. that Justice League animated unlimited lineup. Um, I hope. Uh, Scott Snyder draw or writes a really good Justice League story, and doesn't write a good Scott Snyder story. And I texted you that earlier, and I know that's fairly vague. I know what you meant. But over the last over the last couple years, Scott Snyder seems to be doing what Scott Snyder wants. It's like he he hit that Bendis territory where. He has already written everything he wants to write in the DC universe, and now he's just doing weird things like metal. <laughs> or, hey, wouldn't it be great if Batman went to a different world in the DC universe and every every hero was a new villain and they were hardcore? And I know that's simplifying to, you know, Dark Knight's metal, but it seems so so gimmicky. And I know Scott Snyder has more to offer than that. And I I haven't been getting Justice League. I stopped getting Justice League when the Green Lanterns were um, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Those are not real Green Lanterns. Those are fake forcing diversity down your fucking throat, Green Lanterns. Give me real Green Lanterns on the book. We already have a diverse Green Lantern. His name is Jon Stewart. He is the second greatest Green Lantern of all time. Use him. Why are we not using that fucking guy? Like, DC has so much diversity already built into their stable of characters. And then they pull this bullshit. Oh, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. We don't fucking need that shit. We don't need that fucking garbage. We have plenty of diverse characters in the DC stable. 
Use those fucking characters. Fuck Jessica Cruz. Use Vixen. Fuck Simon Baz. Use Jon Stewart. They're already there. Make it happen. Bring Black Lightning back in. And Scott Snyder seems to be bringing Jon Stewart back into the main DC fold. So uh, I'm absolutely all in for Justice League number one. I'm also all in for that Nick Spencer Spider-Man. Why? What is it about Nick Spencer that's... It has nothing to do with Nick Spencer or Ryan Otley. It's because I like Spider-Man. Like a and fresh I want, new start for Spider-Man? Yeah, I want... A fresh I want a, start, you say? A brand new day, An possibly? all new, all different? <laughs> this, this might be all new, Spider-Man? all different. Spider-Man? I, I want a Spider-Man book. I want to get a Spider-Man book. I want to like a yeah. Spider-Man book. And I've tried three different times during the post-Ultimate era and i get one two issues in and i just i'm not interested like i don't i don't like it the writing the writing style isn't for me so maybe this is going to be it well this is your best chance in 10 years to have good spider-man one thing that we always talk about that we like from our creators is that they're enthusiastic about the project that this is something that you would imagine that they grew up Thinking about writing this character, Nick Spencer is quoted as this is the book of his dreams. So if there's anything that can inspire confidence in the McSauce podcast to get this book and maybe, maybe, maybe read it one day, I think if this is the book of his dreams, maybe he'll write his, his ass off and we'll be pleasantly surprised. I'll get to Nick Spencer in just one second, but there's another quote from Ryan Otley that is promising. Uh, he said that he's super excited to be working with uh, Nick Spencer on the book and that Spider-Man was my first love when it comes to comics, so this is a pretty nostalgic feeling. And so far, I'm having a blast putting my spin on these characters. Those That's all very promising uh, stuff to hear. Um, <clears throat> now, where I start to be a little bit cynical which is so unlike me. Um, it, Probably it's, more like me. <laughs> so, Nick Spencer was quoted um, on like what he's going to do to bring um, his take on Spider-Man. And I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to comment on it. Um, I think a lot of what I'll be doing is reconnecting Peter with some very classic, quintessential elements of the story that fans and readers are going to recognize. Um, and, it, it, and, it, and it's exciting to bring the character back to basics. At the same time, Dan Slott has obviously had one of the best runs on the character ever. Waka, waka, waka. And we're certainly going to honor the things that he's done and build from there. Okay, so I have all kinds of problems with this quote. And it in no way inspires confidence in what Nick Spencer's going to do. The only confidence that I really have of him as a writer on this project is he's not Dan Slott. Do you feel like sometimes you have to... Give props to the person that's leaving a long time job. I think you know. I think possibly. I'm hoping. That's my hope that he's just trying to be gracious. Yeah, it's just like a respect but, kind of Right. Thing. But like I hope in, you know, real life he's thinking to himself like, Oh my God, what did this man do to Spider Man? I have such a mess 
to clean up now. But like he says things like, we're going back to basics. Those are the things you want to hear. But at the same time, those are also the, um, the, the checklist that new writers have to fucking check off whenever they come on a book. Like, I don't know why, but you, you always have to go back to basics. Um, Cause that's what we like. And Cause that's what we bitch about all the time. Right. Simplify shit. Um, and then in this literally the same sentence, Dan Slott had a, one of the most amazing runs on the character ever. And we're going to honor the things that he's done and build from there. Well, if you're going back to basics, you can't build on the nightmare that Dan Slott wrote for 10 years. Like where do you like Spider-Man has a Spider-Man flying car. Like that's what Dan Slott wrote. (laughs) Um, That's not back to basics. You don't build on it. Like it just doesn't make sense. It's almost like Nick Spencer's a politician and it's like, he's talking out both sides of his mouth and saying the things that he has to say to please everybody. But if anybody's really paying attention to what he's saying, it's, it's, it's nonsense. It's garbly gook nonsense. That's, that's how it goes. Because, you know, Superman has had the best run it's had in probably a decade after Rebirth with right. Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason co-writing it. And, all, and then it's done. Bendis shows up. Bendis has taken over. And, you know, Bendis says the same, like, double-sided mouth thing. He's like, this is going to be all new, all different, brand new Superman. Everything's changed. Everything's different. Oh, we're still honoring everything Pete Tomasi and Patrick Leeson did. All that stuff still counts. Everything still matters. It's not gonna matter. And like I know that like in in a sense that Clark, Lois, and John will still be in the story. Nothing else really matters. Uh, I don't expect to revisit Dinosaur Island in Bendis' run. Like, yeah, stuff will still matter. But Bendis is going in an absolutely different direction. So I'm hoping that Nick Spencer, while quote-unquote honoring what Dan Slott has done, is like, yeah, we did that. Maybe there's a throwaway line where he's like, eh, flying car was too expensive to keep up. And then he just jumps into traditional Spider-Man. So, like, there, you can spin that both ways, where it's, yeah, we're honoring, but we're really fucking it. Or we're honoring, and yeah, we're absolutely doing what was put before us. And in the end, these guys all work in the same industry. They're likely friends. He's not going to trash his boy. You know, he he is going to talk a little bit out of both sides of his mouth for the press release. The real, um, you know, the rubber meets the road whenever we read the issues and find mm-hmm. out what he's going to do. Right. So, um, I'd, I'd take all that. You know, it doesn't Dan Slot. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, like all all that kissing of, you know, the, the ring as just, you know, not not really anything with substance. So, well, it, it, yeah, the whole quote though has no substance because it's a complete contradiction. That's fair I think we're gonna have to get to what you've been reading next week, guys. Fans, I'm sorry, but we will be back next week with a What You've Been Reading. We'll get to it. Yeah, we're going to get into a bunch of fun stuff next week. We've got some good episodes planned. Stay tuned. 
come back to the McSauce podcast. That's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time. Welcome to episode 232 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. What the fuck was that? Damn it! What are are you doing? I forgot to turn. Was I too hot? I think no. He got got a message. Fuck. Should we start over? Start. Yeah. Let's start over.